number one news talk station, FM 96.3 and AM 620, WVMT Burlington. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here on this Hump Day Wednesday, and our friend Kelly Devine is with us now. Good morning, Kelly. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. It's going to be a great year for you this year, Kelly. Yeah, don't, no. <laughs> I'm not even saying that. People are trying to say that to me. I'm like, I've, I said that when we started 2022. I said it when we started 2023, and so far. Uh, we know 2023 was not a great year. No, no, you, and you, you know what, major... Kurt? Yeah, and it ended with you know me having to say goodbye to my little doggy. Oh no! Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm the sorry. day after Christmas, he um, oh. he all of a sudden, right before Christmas, couldn't walk anymore, and he had a degenerative oh. disease. I know I was on here with the pet vets talking yeah. to them about it, called degenerative myelopathy. So it happens over a course of uh, usually a year and a half to two years, but. Um, I got home the Wednesday after before Christmas, and he couldn't walk at all. Oh yeah. my God! I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. I know the poor guy. There's not much sadder than losing our, our pets. Yeah. They're I gave him a lot family. of chocolate. They have a lot of chocolate there at the vet when you go <laughs> in, and he was enjoying that and some peanut butter. But nice. yeah, so he's buried out in the backyard. He was a good dog. We had him for 12 years. Rescued well, him uh, from a rescue place in in Charlotte. A little black pug. And he used to come on the show with me when I was uh, um, over with uh, Charlie, Ernie, and Lisa, too. He'd come in the studio all the time. (laughs) Why didn't he come in this one? Um, (laughs) He had a long and exciting life. (laughs) He ended up uh, being uh, banned from the office for various offenses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lost him. Stuff other people seem to be able to do in Burlington unimpeded. But uh, not the dogs. Right. They're held to a higher standard. Um, yeah, there was actually somebody in the office as a joke made up a wanted poster for him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I stopped yep. taking him to work about you know uh, a few years ago. Um, yeah. Well, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Thanks. Sorry about that. Thanks. It's, it's, yep. That losing our pets that are become members of our our friends and members of our family yeah. is yeah. really hard. Yeah, he was a very devoted little guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm. Well, uh, and you know, it, it's all so 2023 is behind us. I know you you just said, don't let's not talk about how great 2024 no, is going to be. No, no, no. But <laughs> I, it's going to be power packed. There's no question about it. It's, yeah. This is the, you know, and I think part of it, there's, a, there's already anxiety building, whether it's national politics, local politics. Uh, there's just a lot of, of energy around uh, 2024. I don't know if anxiety is building. I think the anxiety already exists. I think oh, that. Yeah. Um, People are looking for something, an indication of change. Um, you know, we've had, uh, it's been a tough two or three years, uh, you know, starting with the with what happened during the pandemic. Um, and, you know, we have some serious problems in Burlington. You know, I always try to talk about the positive, um, And there are a lot of really great things happening in Burlington. Um, I do know that I talk to a lot of restaurateurs and retailers and they did well the last couple of weeks. It took a while for people to get downtown, but the last couple of weeks, people really did show up. Um, you know, the restaurants were busy. Um, retail stores said they were busy. I went out shopping Christmas Eve, talked to a bunch of folks, and, um, you know, people seemed to be happy the way 
the season seemed to be ending. Um, we'll have to see once we look at the numbers. Um, but, you know, uh, overall, people seem to be happy. I still think that in 2024 we'll see some more places closing uh, on Church Street. And I do think that we really need, uh, the, the city really needs to do something to reduce, uh, especially some of these uh, petty crimes that we're seeing that, you know, no, nobody's necessarily getting hurt. And I know the mayor has done a lot on the gun violence. And I know that he re- released a legislative agenda. That's the first time I, I remember him doing that, uh, talking about uh, trying to work with Montpelier on some of the, the some gun stuff relative to Burlington, you know, people carrying in bars and things like that. But, you know, these petty crimes are really, uh, you know, an absolute nuisance and they're keeping people away. And, you know, I got the firsthand experience when my own car got broken into January 1st. My son went to Montreal overnight, took one of the cars, and, and he parked it in downtown Burlington. And a couple of people clearly had a party in there overnight. Stole his climbing gear. Um, stole his winter coat. I am probably not a great idea to leave your car on the street all night in downtown Burlington. Oh, wasn't I was in a private parking lot. I was in a private yeah, yeah, parking yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It wasn't on the street. But, um, I mean, people live right there. I, you know, I, I, people so, leave their car, have to leave their cars on the street. And right. so your year did not get off to a great start when you um, got that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They, they trashed the whole inside of the car. They killed the battery by probably p- playing the radio or something into the wee hours. And Well, yeah. now let's talk about it because um, now's the time when they're deciding uh, the, the agendas for the committees. And last year we know that the, it died in committee. About um, you know, accumulative uh, 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 totals. That was actually in 2022. Okay, they failed to take it up last year. They they they, they, didn't even they decided take it up not last to take year. it up last year. Right, yeah, that right. Was... But before we get into the, the whole legislative agenda, um, I want to ask you though about something that you just said in regard to downtown businesses. Yeah, I'm going to leave that quite yet. Which is, you said that you predict that some businesses will leave in 2024. Yeah, we know some have mm-hmm. left in 2023. Yep. But what the director of the Church Street Marketplace said, mm-hmm. Alaswari, Cara Alaswari, Cara Swari, um, was that businesses are still filling, coming in and filling them in. There's still a big desire for to be in Burlington. Um, do you do you see that as the case, or are you more worried about it than that? Are our um, businesses? As one closes, is it one right there ready to fill it in or not? So, you know, I, try, I, I yeah, I tend to, to look at the data and I think, you know, on some level she is correct that we are seeing some of those businesses fill in with new tenants. Vacancy, I think I talked about this last month, was a little over, little, about 7.5%, not anywhere near the highest vacancy that we've ever had. Um, and I think that what sometimes can happen in Burlington is, you see them. We always think about Church Street, but what you see the most impact on first, you know, first off is on the side streets because businesses, if if rents start to relax on Church Street, businesses will start to move from the side streets into the main Church Street thoroughfare, and then those businesses stay vacant. So, um, you know, it depends on um, kind of what happens in the first part of the year. And also, I think some of it depends on what happens on Main Street because they've got that big project planned for main street mm-hmm. it is now reduced to three blocks uh they're going to do the upgrade between south union and pine or is it south one is that pine? one of this 
quote yeah. unquote great street projects. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they're doing the block between South Manuski and Church, doing the block between Church and St. Paul, and doing the block between St. Paul and Pine. The other blocks are are um, changed, moved back to phase two. They are also doing the work on the ravine sewer, which is really important. But um, they still want to take away parking um, west of Pine Street, even though they're not doing any work there. So, um, you oh. know, the, both the construction and the, and the loss of parking, which I've talked about before, which is 67 spaces, I think, could impact some of those businesses oh, that gonna... are down off of, you know, down on like lower Main Street and places like that. Yeah. It's one of the things that used to irritate me back <clears> when I was on the council still was that plan which loses, we lose parking spaces, and I don't think we can afford to be giving away a lot of parking spaces. And the way it was, the way it would be it's, it's uh, given to the city council, the proposal was was said this kind of this way. Look, uh, we're going to do all these things, and we're going to maintain X number of parking spaces. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Let's turn this around. Yeah, yeah. It's, you're making it sound like it's all good that we're maintaining X percentage of spaces. Yeah. We're losing yeah. A bunch of parking spaces. So well, don't try to put this good spin, <laughs> yeah, spin exactly. on it to me. That sounds like uh, I almost made it sound like we're picking up parking spaces. Yeah, no, there's been there's been there's been losses of parking, uh, you know, all over downtown from these improvements that they've done. And uh, and the big thing on Maine is removing the para, uh, the angle in parking. That's why there's such a large and it's loss because of spaces. we have some leaders in Burlington who, you know, I understand pollution and all that, but they don't like cars and they want. Burlington is not going to be able to become a city of just bikers. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't see that as being a, a thing either. You know, I, I drive on um, on South Winooski a lot where they went from four lanes down to three lanes to include a bike lane. You know, you guys experienced it out on the new north end. And, and I do sometimes see bikes in the uh, in the in that bike lane sometimes. But it's it's a it's a rarity. Um, and, it's mostly garbage. And, um, you know, I think that. I think my personal opinion is that we are a very small city uh, surrounded by a very rural state. And so while I don't disagree, while I don't disagree about trying to take action on climate change, I think that um, that uh, the idea of mass transit has its limits in a community like ours and the idea of. Uh, car-free lifestyle has its limits in a community like ours just because of of the nature of of the size of the city um you know we we burlington have very high aspirations but we sometimes forget that you know our borders are porous so uh right before christmas i testified on this uh other uh ballot item that they're that they're moving forward uh it's led by former city councilor jack hansen and supported by uh councilor gene bergman which would change a carbon tax or carbon fee law ordinance just passed in November and put into place with a bunch of conditions. And now they want to expand it before the current one is even a month in. And we can see if it, if it has any impacts and it has, you know, what it does is it, it taxes basically puts an impact fee on businesses. If you, um, you know, use carbon based fuels. I've, I yeah. saw you quoted in the WCAX story about that. Yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, who would on the council think, well, we know who, you just mentioned them, but mm-hmm. they think that you, a law hasn't even gone into effect. <clears throat> You're, I mean, you haven't had any chance to see what the, uh, how this worked, whether it was there's a benefit to it or yeah. a negative to it, and they want to go and change it already. And Right, 
double the the uh, the square footage, right? From what was it, fifty thousand or down to twenty five thousand? Yeah, down and then to increase the fees. Or it's, yeah, that's just not, now. Moreau they, did say that he 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 actually gave a guarantee on the show that that will not happen. So they um, there's another committee hearing on it next week on the ninth. I'll be attending that, and I have some data for the committee relative to how many buildings. And I'll tell you a, a little interesting factoid after this call about the building analysis I did. All cool. right. I want to hear it. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, good morning. You brought up parking again, so you opened the can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to, you know, the advertising for the first two hours free, we parked down at Perkins Pier there for the fireworks this, a year ago and, uh, you know, did the two-hour free thing, but it doesn't really tell you that if you park for three hours, you still have to pay for the first two hours. So it was 9.30 for parking for three hours there. Oh. Yeah, I can, I can tell you a little bit about the Perkins Pier lot. One thing is that that had been managed by the park, Burlington Parks Waterfront and Recreation. I can never remember the name of that thing. Um, the, the Burlington Parks and Rec Department, and now it's being transferred over to the department, uh, the DPW, and I think we're going to see uh, <laughs> some shifts in, in something like that. But the caller is right. With two hours free, um, in some cases, depending on how the meter is set up, you might have to pay the full for the three hours. Um, that was not the case with the downtown parking, though. Like, if you park for three hours in a in a metered spot downtown, this year you only paid a dollar fifty. It did knew the difference. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a bummer when you think, oh, it's okay. I, I I got the first two hours are free, and then you go and you wind up having to pay because you went beyond the two. Yeah, hours. I think we're gonna see. You know, apologies for that. I think we're gonna see that those <clears> meters <throat> and stuff be better managed now that they're in the hands of the Department of Public Works. So, in that particular law, if you went yeah. over the two hours free, then you're paying the whole. Wh- whoever thing. set the thing up <laughs> didn't do it right. <laughs> yeah, is what that's, I'm guessing. That is not good. Yeah, that is not yeah. good. Yeah. I, I mean, unless you made that really clear, and it obviously it sounds like they did not make that really clear. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, I attended, a, they really loaded up the committee hearings before Christmas. I attended a DPW commission meeting as well about increases in parking rates and happy to say that DPW was open to working with me. And, you know, they were looking at 20, 20% rate increases for long, you know, for parking passes in the city garages and, uh, didn't end up putting that forward. I said, this is just crazy, but, um, I think it's a good bellwether of where we are as a community because their revenues, projected revenues for this fiscal year are, I think, about $800,000 below projection. Are $800,000 below projection? Below yeah. projection. Yeah. Okay. Because, it is, and I, we had the, the tax commissioner on a couple of weeks ago, and you know how usually when they do the December 1st letter and the check-in, the six months, and he says usually we, we, uh, we always see more than expected from sales and use in rooms and meals. And this is the first year in 10 years he hasn't seen that. So what do you attribute the $800,000 below number two? And by the way, we're talking to Kelly Devine, the <laughs> director of the Burlington Business Association. If you have a question for Kelly, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888 Well, uh, I would say that uh, I would attribute it to a couple of things. The, the biggest, most important one is far fewer office workers coming in town. And there was a point uh, in time when I was working with parking where I think we had uh, close to a thousand parking permits in our garages, in the city's garages near, you know, 
what we used to call Lakeview in college. And now it's down to 350. And I think a chunk of those are Burlington school district ones who get it, get a discount, which I don't disagree with that. They get a discount um, to have the staff park there. Um, city employees also get a discount. So that made sense to me. Um, and so I think a, a big part of it is the reduction of those uh, people who are willing to pay a monthly fee. So I'm talking to DPW about a new product, something different, which would be more flexible because we, even the people who still have offices downtown, we generally know that they're not coming in five days a week anymore. They're coming in a couple of days a week. So they're not going to pay for a product that gives them, um, you know, access five or six days a week. Now with all the troubles in downtown Burlington, which we all acknowledge, I live there. I see it. I, I share in, in the misery that so many people feel it's palpable, but at the same time, we do have some things that give you hope, right? I mean, oh, yeah. the city place project, if it if, if it, it's expected, that's going to be completed at the end of next year. Um, yep. And we're so we're talking hundreds of people now living in the downtown area, and you would right, you would hope that that would add to the, you know, sh- they would shop there. You don't have to. Basically, you're living in downtown. You can go to the restaurants. You can go to the stores. Yep. One thing that, I mean, I definitely think Burlington is going to survive this. Uh, I've been uh, doing some research on pedestrian malls because, you know, a lot of pedestrian malls fail. And then they, some people have talked to me about why don't we bring cars back on the street. I absolutely do not think that that's the answer. Um, Pedestrian malls typically survive in cities where it's warm or where they have a college university so we have a college university let let us let's uh, we never forget the positive impact that both uvm and uvm medical center have in downtown burlington it's absolutely critical um but i do think we are going to survive this is no question in my mind that that we will come back things are cyclical the question in my mind is how bad it's going to get before we start to turn the corner and so i'm always working on ways to try to you know to stem the tide of how how bad it will get before we turn the corner um and you know, what I'm realizing is we need Montpelier for many of those things. And when you talk about housing, we do need Montpelier, Montpelier to advance this modification in Act 250 so that people who build housing in Burlington don't have to go through a duplicative process because Burlington's process and the Act 250 process are definitely similar. We're building in a, de- in a dense downtown. If you want to save the environment, you should want as much density as possible. We've gotten rid of parking minimums so you can build cars without the ex- extra cost of parking. Um, right now, I still know a lot of developers who are not interested in doing development in Burlington. Um, so hopefully there's a willingness. I've started conversations with folks about uh, what we could potentially do with the Walgreens site. I'm meeting with the mayor next week. want to talk to him about that. Um, that could be a potential uh, residential redevelopment. That's sort of an underutilized parcel there with a lot of parking and a, and a building that we're not necessarily one story building. We don't necessarily need city place opening is going to be great. Um, a successful downtown though, always has a mix of users and office workers are an important part of it. And so um, while I think, I'm not sure that we'll be able to maintain the amount of office space we currently have in terms of square footage. Um, and I think the vacancy rate still was below 15% as of December 1st, but we have a lot of what they call phantom uh, um, phantom tenants. They have a lease, but no one shows up. They're just paying out their lease till the end of it. So we have to really focus on keeping giving people a reason to come back to Burlington to work as well as 
giving them a places to live. And uh, Kelly, we're coming up on the seven thirty break here in just a minute, so uh, we'll keep this limited. But all of this, though, depends, does it not, on uh, really dealing decisively with the public safety issue? Absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, we have to we have to come up with some real solutions and. Um, <laughs> Have you seen the Chiefs report that just came out yesterday yet? I haven't had a chance to look through no, it thoroughly. We can talk I know about it in I the next hour, out. but it's not good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, but again, and, and of course, as you know very well, we've got a mayor's race and all the city council races coming up, and I don't know what else might be on the ballot, but um, that's uh, eight weeks from next Tuesday. Yep. Yep. Or, or that's going to be nine weeks from yesterday. Yeah, that's going to be really. Uh, that's going to be a really critical. Uh, decision point for Burlington, both those city council races and that mayoral race, because, you know, I've been reading over the platforms of some of the progressive candidates and, you know, hearing things that I, I saw something posted that said we should reappraise commercial properties every year because the reappraisal process was flawed in 2020. Um, I just want to let everybody listening know, number one, all commercial properties get reappraised every year. Their taxes are based in part on their balance, uh, their profit and loss statement. It goes for hotels. It goes for, um, you know, large commercial spaces and the amount of lease up they have. So that that's already happening. All commercial properties in Burlington also pay an additional 20% on top of their regular tax bill. So if, you know, candidates for council or the mayor think that there's going to be a big revenue generation there or that's the way to go, I, I can't I can't disagree more. When we get back, well, we'll talk with Kelly more about okay. the police report and about the legend. Every day, the morning drive, FM 96.3 and AM 620, WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody, on this hump day Wednesday, the day the legislature is gaveling back into session. And Kurt and Anthony here with Kelly Devine. And before we get into the police report and the legislative agenda and a lot of other stuff with Kelly, uh, Anthony, you were mentioning uh, an issue in Philadelphia. Oh, I just was commenting. In in relation to Burlington. I was just commenting to Kelly off the air that I read a story yesterday that um, the new mayor of Philadelphia... A centrist Democrat ran her entire platform is public safety, and she wants to increase the number of uh, police officers on the street as soon as possible. And, it, and so I just I think you know the parallels are, are not. I mean I think there's there's hot spots all around the country, uh, and it feels like, as you said, everything's cyclical. I, I refer to it as the pendulum swinging back, but it feels like the pendulum's. Headed in the right direction. So Burlington had a couple of public safety forums. Were you able to attend any of them, Kurt, in December? No, I did not. So the one on December 19th, so we're we're, we're talking about retail theft um, and uh, potential legislative action. And I do think that uh, the Senate might be willing to take up some uh, reforms to retail theft. But I think it's important to mention that uh, State's Attorney George gave a presentation during the December 19th public safety forum and she said at that time that there were over 3,000 cases in the court backlog right so now it's backlog that's why she's not charging anybody let's go to the phones good morning you're live on the morning drive morning uh, I understand public safety is an issue in Burlington and we certainly know that it's Kurt's jam 
But I think it's a stretch to say that people aren't working downtown because of the price of parking or because of public safety. I think people aren't working downtown because they don't have to. There's been a rapid normalization of remote work since the pandemic, and that's everywhere. So I don't know that that'll ever change, regardless of the price of parking or public safety. I think people like having hybrid schedules. Uh, I don't disagree with the caller that that change in work modes is definitely having an impact downtown. What I was saying was if you're a hybrid worker, you don't need a parking pass that gives you five-day access. And I'm working with DPW to come up with some more uh, offerings and options for people who are hybrid workers so that they will choose to uh, park in the city garage. I do. I have heard directly from several professional firms that um, people do are are looking to their office to move out of Burlington because employees, especially female employees, do not feel safe. So I do feel that in Burlington, public safety is uh, not necessarily contributing to hybrid work, but definitely contributing to uh, higher office vacancy. And I think that he has the caller has a has a point there. But I will say when he says that's Kurt's issue. Um, it's your it's jam. My jam. <laughs> um, it's my issue, and it's thousands and thousands of other Burlingtonians' issue. I run into people, I talk with them everywhere I go about it, and it's across party lines, people's concerns. And it's why every mayoral candidate was their number one issue, hands down. Well, and you so know, I know not from, just It's not just my jam. Yeah, I know for me, uh, you know, the, the, the idea that... Um, you know, you really, you really have to take, and, and everybody should be doing this. Take those extra steps with your car. Don't leave stuff inside the car. Make sure you lock it up. Like those are really important things to do for crime prevention. You just, you have to proceed with a little bit more caution now than you have in the past. But a lot of the crime that we're seeing is, you know, not necessarily affecting that walk down church street or that dinner out. But it's also very hard to see people who are sick and suffering. And I think a lot of, um, you know, our community, community members are concerned about that as well. And when they're going out to dinner or to the Flynn or to go shopping and they see a lot of people that are sick and suffering, that that's just turns it into an unpleasant experience. And so that's why I think the legislat- state legislature has to take some action to try to help with our mental health services and our ability to treat people with addiction. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yeah, good morning. Um, earlier you were talking about uh, uh, Mayor Weinberger uh, possibly going to the state for help with uh, gun control issues, um, specifically uh, guns and bars. Um, I think everyone can agree that alcohol and guns don't mix, uh, but neither does illegal drugs and guns. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, Burlington and the state should leave it up to uh businesses to uh decide if they want to have a gun-free zone or not and uh you know stop forcing laws on people um and and taking you know law-abiding citizens rights away by being able to protect themselves wherever they go um i know that there was a uh a a guns and bars piece of ordinance i think well you were there kurt when it passed and didn't that go to the ballot and, and voters approved it Yes. Yeah. It's a charter change. So, so <laughs> there's 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 polling the citizenry, and then it was never signed into law at the state house. So I think that's what he's focused on. But I'll mention again, our borders are porous. So it's like you know, uh, people who who want to have guns to protect themselves, let's say, can just go across the border to South Burlington. 
And, I also want to point out that, um, that it's private property, and a lot of bars, if you look, you will find the sign by the door that says, firearms not allowed. Yeah, then and private I mean, property owners yeah. can do that. <clears throat> yeah, uh, so I, I think a lot of that is, it's great that they want to push this really hard in the state, uh, at the state level, but most bars don't allow guns in them now. And, yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, this is part of Moreau's legislative agenda that he's put together. Uh, there are some important things on there. Again, the Act 250 thing. Um, and speaking of drugs in bars, there's a, a bill coming forward. I think today it's already posted H72, which is going to make it, uh, it's going to reduce the limits on what we call like a safe injection site or an overdose prevention site in places where people can go to use uh, illegal drugs. And that also includes a provision that basically uh, significantly reduces any kind of um, legal implications of having a personal use amount. It creates a drug advisory committee that will set some parameters around a personal use amount. So it, that piece of legislation, H-72, is moving towards uh, a form of decriminalization of drug possession for personal use. We're talking to Kelly Devine. She is the executive director of the Burlington Business Association. If you have a question for Kelly, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Uh, yes, good morning, folks. Uh, just a thought. Uh, Kelly mentioned, uh, I guess it's probably a non-binding ballot question, Kelly, that you referenced uh, that never was enacted into law. Would that be right? No, it's binding. It, it requires a charter change because, you know, we are at what we call a Dillon rule, rule state. So any change uh, to Burlington's charter like that needs to be approved by the state. So sometimes those pieces go to the legislature and they don't act on and, them. And we should add in, too, though, that there's what's referred to as the Sportsman's Bill of Rights, yep. which is an effect that it's in statute that it's the purview of the state to yep. make laws in regard to guns. And that's, that's yeah. why when municipalities try to pass their own laws, the state doesn't like a patchwork of different gun laws all over the state, and they're usually going nowhere. Yeah. Well, all of that actually is unnecessary. We do have the Second Amendment. To say that someone could, with a ballot question, deny someone their constitutional rights is absurd on its face. Though right we do know that. that many states have gun restriction laws. Uh, you know, uh, where was it that just... Uh, uh, there was a state that I would call it a red state that just passed a limitation on the right to carry. Was it New York? Uh, I think it was Michigan or Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, or, I don't. Uh, I don't know. So states do have it, have ex- has, ex- has successfully it, exercised the right to put restrictions on gun use. So I understand that, but has it been challenged yet in the court? Let's wait for that and see what happens. Always wait for that. The um, the, the the point I'm getting at is the left constantly uh, will put non-binding ballot questions in certain towns around the state because it serves their purpose to go to the legislature at some point and say, look, all these towns approve this. Why doesn't the Republican Party right now get out there and start drawing up non-binding ballot questions to put on all kinds of towns, for example, that have access to natural gas for their stoves and their appliances? I think I know how that would come out. That would be very nice to have that. Why aren't we going around uh, the folks, maybe the Republican Party or some group, and taking non-binding ballot questions and asking the voters, do you want your cars that uh, are, are, are fossil fuels taken away from you by a certain year? I'd love to see that non-binding question on ballots all over the state. 
I also want to remind people that you can email uh, committees. You can email your representatives. And, you know, I was heard, heard Kurt and Anthony talking about people, you know, going up to Congress for life or people that are in Montpelier for a long time. That's because voters elected them. Yeah. And um, part of my discussion uh, repeatedly last week with, with a couple of folks was now is the time to do that. When the committees are forming, uh, when w- now that they're just starting and, and they're at the committee level because your voice can be heard. And it, you sh- I think everybody should email or call uh, their representative. And we are coming into yet uh, the second of the the last two sessions with a Democratic supermajority. So they have veto power over Governor Scott. And they have made it very clear that they feel that they have an agenda that they're going to put through. And they have the the backing of the people. And I think if the people called them and said, you know, hey, that's a little overreach, it it might be helpful. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. You know, for what it's worth, which I know ain't nothing... (laughs) <laughs> the gun crimes, crime, drugs, the societal and moral decay that we're seeing around us are a direct result of progressive policy. It's really, it's undeniable. Anybody who thinks that banning guns in bars like these people are going to actually obey that are the very definition of ignorant. Well, uh, there there have been a few interesting studies because I read a lot about what's going on nationally as I search for you know potential solutions or insights into what's going on, and there have been some interesting studies that have been done that have shown that as we have reduced the consequences for certain behaviors, we've seen an uptick in these other behaviors. There was a recent study by the because uh, the the state legislature in this H seventy two is going to make it easier to open this opioid. Um, overdose prevention center you can use opioids and uh, the mayor is very supportive wants to see it move forward Uh, i'm not sure about the rest of the council um i have heard that the state legislature expects the governor to veto this and then they're going to pass it in an override vote but there was an interesting study recently from the uh the uh journal of american medical association that said that studied that said that there was no evidence that there was any reduction in crime around the safe injection sites in the in the neighborhoods there was no evidence that that was an increase but the idea about it is it's supposed to reduce some of these behaviors and um i don't see evidence that that exists it's certainly there's certainly evidence that people who overdose while they're there and that are able to be revived with medication survive um what i found interesting in the legislation legislation because they asked for report outs is they they ask for report outs on pe- when people are referred to treatment, but no report outs on people actually making it to treatment or com- finding their way out of the cycle of addiction. And I wanted to ask you about that, Kelly, because, of course, that is one, some of the things that's said about in, injection sites. I mean, I know they're referred to as safe injection sites, but um, the legislature is going to be on that issue immediately. The, mm-hmm. One of the legislators that's uh, one of the key sponsors or movers of this issue has said, Burlington already wants one. Now, we know that the mayor's talked about it, and some counselors have, but mm-hmm. um, that's one I wouldn't mind seeing on the ballot to see what the citizens of Burlington really think about that. But I want to ask you what you've heard people say that are proponents of this, that, look, if you have this, it will clean up this needle problem all over the city of Burlington. Do you think that's accurate? Do you think that will clean up the needle problem being needles everywhere? Um. 
No, I don't. Um, you know, I think it'll get some needles off of the of the street, but there there doesn't seem to be any evidence that I can find that even a large percentage of the uh, active addicted population uses these sites. Some people do, but not necessarily a, a, a large percentage of the of those that are actively addicted because you know there is there is some fear or trepidation around going into a site like that. And we have, you know, um, I think uh, Safe Harbor, the the needle supposedly exchange, but they're giving away tens of thousands of needles every year. So that's a long way to go. You are the voice of downtown Burlington businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you hear from business owners? Are they concerned about, because I know you've talked about not one more thing can be added to the problems of downtown Burlington. Yeah, one of the things that I'm going to talk about when I testify about uh, uh, on this in uh, Montpelier is is see if they can. Uh, they're they're looking to site two locations. Um, it would be great if uh, you know one of our other Chittenden County communities would take this on. I'd love to see that, um, and I'd love to see uh, the legislation amended so that they can't site them in our designated downtowns. But uh, just do you? We've got a call, but do you? hear from business owners that they're concerned about the possibility of bringing another because obviously it's going to be near the downtown as the you know as the prior caller said about you know sort of allowing more behavior you can call it progressive legislation or whatever but uh decriminalizing behavior uh allowing behavior now we're talking about decriminalizing the possession of um fentanyl and and heroin not that i think that anybody's going to jail for that right now anyway but this this trend towards permissiveness in the lack of adequate la- law enforcement and in the space of lack of adequate treatment options. As far as I know, we don't have a real solid treatment option for fentanyl. We have uh, the xylazine, which is, mm. you know, there doesn't seem to be a clear treatment path for that. Um, and so we have treat- cheap dr- available drugs. We don't have necessarily treatment. We have a lack of mental health treatment. Our correction system is in trouble. So in the face of all those other challenges, how do you successfully well, do something like was that? Was the mayor right what he said about the San Fr- shutting down of the San Francisco injection site? So the the San Francisco sa- safe injection site in Tenderloin was part of Mayor London Breed's 2022 emergency response plan, and the city helped fund it. Um, I'm not sure what the mayor was getting at. It, like many of them, are, was run by a nonprofit, um, and now so they did shut that down in 2023, basically by refusing to fund it. And now they're talking about potentially looking at bringing one back for next year. There are about a, I think, um, I think I read there was um, about a hundred of these across the world, um, and I haven't yet to find any evidence that clearly supports that it gets people into treatment and out of the cycle of addiction. It stops people from dying for sure. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi, good morning. You know, safe injection sites just enable drug use, you know, and it just sends a message that, you know, we're giving up on these people, that that their ability to stop using isn't there. I mean, money should be spent on abstinence-based programs that, that, uh, we shouldn't be accommodating these people. People with substance abuse are being receiving unfairly tax dollars. We're subsidizing illicit drug use, which kind of makes us guilty of aiding and abetting uh, crime because drugs are illegal. 
and we struggle to pay our taxes for basic services, and I just don't want to pay my taxes to have these people do their drugs when there's no real reason for it. Abstinence well, should be the plan, not, not giving them drugs and not giving them places to do it at my expense. Thank you. Yeah, and, you know, some of this has the potential be be funded by these opioid settlement dollars that are coming in, uh, which are targeted to help uh, address the addiction program problem. Um, what I would say to the caller, in addition to what, what he's saying, is that we're spending money on short-term solutions that don't seem to be having any long-term um, any long-term results for people getting better. I, I haven't been able to get any data on the Elmwood pods, but that was supposed to get people into permanent housing. Did that actually happen? I don't know. Uh, we have a temporary shelter in Burlington. Does that help get anyone into housing? Would a safe injection site get anyone into treatment? There is no requirement in that legislation that actually has them track whether it gets people into treatment. Yeah, and that's that's frustrating because that's you know if that's the goal, then let's see if it's working, so then we can make a, an intelligent decision about it. Now it's a draft bill, so this is as you said a good time to Now's suggest the time. Uh, potential amendments and see mm-hmm. if you can get anywhere with that. I think it's moving forward, but it would be nice if some amendments could be achieved in it along the route. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Uh, you keep you're talking about uh, calling your legislator. Like, they vote on, on party line anyway, so, like, I've called them so many times, doesn't nothing gets done or even mentioned or re- return my call. As far as safe shooting sites, whatever, safe a drug-taking place, you know, they're not going to leave their Shelburne Road free unit to come to that site to go and shoot up. And all you have to do is ask the Shelburne find safety over there, how many times they've transported people out of that place that old days in to the hospital. They're not going to do that to come down there. Who's going to transport them down there to go to the safe shooting sign? Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I hear you that it does feel that there is there is a powerful push towards harm reduction and that there is a, a lot of shared thinking about that in Montpelier. Um, I think we need to be mindful of not only who we elect, but who runs and how many of these races are run uncontested. Um, if you look at H72 and you see the list of all of the people that representatives that are supporting it, you'll see many, many from Burlington. They believe that this is going to be an answer. I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily disagree that it's going to save lives. I just think we need to think about what the long-term uh, impacts will it be on our larger addiction problem. I mean, we have... You know, the the Chiefs report just came out. We have retail theft is up 235% over, over the five-year average. So um, are those things connected? Probably likely. Like, we have to take care of everyone in the society. And I think uh, what I'm seeing is, you know, a focus on harm reduction and people that are addicted without any kind of combined consideration on what the impact is on the, the rest of the components that make an active community an active and vibrant community like stores like restaurants like people living there kids wanting to go to school safely our kids in high school in burlington are going to school in downtown mm-hmm. let's go back to the phones good morning you're live on the morning drive hey just for our information purposes california was the state that just announced as of january 1st that you have all these safe zones uh which include pro- personal property and no guns, uh, 
it's kind of a fantasy thing that they're trying to push through. And uh, the other two things that I'm concerned about, like everyone else, is all this started with the progressive movement here, and no one is, is bringing us data on uh, how many people actually have come here as a result of Sanctuary City, so the, the, the housing problems. There's no data being driven on, on that that I've heard anywhere. And then on top of that, uh, as far as the drug users uh, throughout the state, there's no data as far as where they came from. Are they native Vermonters, you know, born here and, and grown up here? Uh, have they come from another state to uh, milk our system? And, you know, it, it's got to be addressed. But there should be data on that. And that you know. so, okay, yeah. yeah, we need to go to Kelly because yeah. we're almost there, out of there time. Is, there is data that shows that at least the people in Burlington seem to have come from other parts of Vermont. This H-72 legislation does, uh, if people use an overdose prevention site, ask for their name and address. But, um, yeah, I mean, beyond that, you're collect trying to collect data from, uh, you know, a population of people that aren't necessarily and, going to be compelled to provide good data. And, Kelly, one thing, just in terms of Sanctuary City, I remember this debate at the City Council and Chief Del Pozo at the time, and Burlington is not technically a sanctuary city. Right. right. I mean, just I, I, I want to... Now, Portland, Oregon, just recently rolled back. It had decriminalized personal use of, of opioids, uh, you know, substance class, certain Class D substances, mainly opioids, and they just recently rolled that back. You know, one thing I like to do is see what is happening in other cities and what's working and what isn't. Yeah, so we don't have to repeat what didn't work in other cities. Right. I appreciate that very much. Less than a minute left, Kelly. Uh, we know that the elections are coming up soon now, nine weeks from yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but there is still a deadline for people to run as an independent. Do mm-hmm. you think, have you heard through the grapevine, that there's going to be any other significant candidate entering the mayor's race? I have not, and I don't suspect that there will be, no. Nobody of significance. Right. Name recognition. Right. Yeah. All right. So it looks like it will probably boil down to Joan Shannon, Emma Mulvaney, Stanek. Yeah. And I think people really need to get engaged. And I don't mean, you know, I don't mean just by voting, but get engaged in this election process, whether it's a local council race, if you're a Burlington resident, or even if you're outside of Burlington and have an interesting interest in Burlington, I think it's good to be talking about these election issues. I think it's good to be, uh, you know, finding out where the candidates stand. I mean, there are some things in there that, uh, you know, I have real concern, concerns about. There's talk about, you know, taxes on certain income levels, you know, yeah. so. Uh, Kelly yeah. Devine, Executive Director of the Burlington Business Association. As always, thanks for being on The Morning Drive. Thank Once. you. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I'll see you guys next month. Sounds good. Thanks for coming in. All right, we're going to check in with ABC News. Uh, Amanda's back. She's got the local headlines, got the forecast, and then Senator Russ Ingalls will join us.